1: And as you listen to this program, you are joined by thousands and thousands of others who are interested in the very same information. Hey, look, we're all in this together. Our mission is to provide information, education, and resources for those caring for an elderly loved one. And our listening audience includes baby boomers who provide care for their aging parents, and it includes seniors themselves who are also preparing for their own needs So if you're listening to the radio, you're streaming us uh, live online, or you're listening to a podcast, again, thanks for being here today. You can reach out to us on our toll-free number. That's 1-800-331-6445. Again, 1-800-331-6445. Or you can visit online at SeniorCareLive, L-I-V-E, SeniorCareLive.com. All right, today on the program, I have a special guest, Doctor Smith, Medical Director with Crossroads Hospice. And Doctor Smith, thanks for being here today, and Happy New Year! Well,
0: thank you, Steve. Happy <laughs> New Year to you.
1: All right, can you believe it's 2017?
0: Uh, no, no, not at all. <laughs> I'm still having difficulty writing 17.
1: I am too. And you know what? A- every year, it takes me—I don't know—two or three months to. Get, I'm going I'm to. I'll tell you, I'm going to blow up checks and all kinds of things. I'll be writing 2016 until about April, I think. So anyway, all right, so that that's just me. (laughs) But uh, anyway, doctor, and again, thanks so much for spending part of your day being here. I spoke with someone a couple of weeks ago, and they made a comment that let me understand very quickly that they didn't really understand hospice. And so I thought, you know what? And I was shocked by that because I thought this person would know about hospice. So I thought, well, if he doesn't know, that means a whole lot of people don't understand hospice. So let's back up, and let's just answer the very basic question, what is hospice care?
0: Hospice care is a philosophy of care that's based on focusing more on symptom management rather than curative measures. Many times curative measures can be rather aggressive, and um, eventually if you have a life um, a life expectancy that is shortened, many times those aggressive measures um, are not beneficial. They can be harmful. And sometimes patients, sometimes people just don't want to go that route anymore, and so they'd rather just focus on transitioning to more of a comfort care, quality of life uh, for what time they might have left.
1: Yeah, so with with my dad, uh, they went in to do a very radical uh, surgical procedure, and they ended up not doing it um, because the cancer had spread too far. And so, and, and frankly, that was that part of it. I mean, I wish they could have done that, but that part of it was a blessing because he would have spent the remainder of his days here recovering in, in pain from this horrible surgery, this very aggressive surgery. So yeah, I think it's about the quality of, of your life.
0: Absolutely. That is. And it's nice that, um, that we can talk about this today and to let people know they have options. They are still in control even though they might have a life expectancy less because of a disease process, mm-hmm. they still have control of what's going to be going on with them.
1: So let's talk about this. This is kind of the, the big elephant in the room. A lot of times when you talk about hospice, um, I, I think a lot of people believe that if you contact hospice, uh, a, a hospice provider or you're receiving hospice that you're just giving up. And I think that's a really negative way to look at it. I don't think it's an accurate way. So how do you feel about that? What would you say if someone said, well, I guess we're going to give up. So now we have to call hospice. How, how would you correct their vision of that?
0: I would say that it's more of we're transitioning to a different approach to how we're going to be living. I look at hospice as, okay, I want to have the, I want to make the most out of every day that I have. I want to be able to go out and experience those things without nausea and vomiting if they're on chemotherapy. Mm -hmm. Um, It it is. It's about quality of life. It's not about quantity of life anymore. It's about quality of life.
1: I think that's so important because you see, now this is just in the movies, okay, but if someone has X time left – they're they're trying to make the most of every single day. Well, that doesn't always happen in, in the movies. That happens in real life. And make every day count and and not be sick and manage your symptoms. Uh, I think it's huge. So if this is resonating with someone in the listening audience, which I guarantee it is, reach out to Crossroads Hospice. They do a fantastic job. We're going to share some stories in the next segment that will really get your attention. They're an excellent hospice provider. 816-333-9200. That's Crossroads Hospice. 816-333-9200. Doctor, how do you qualify for hospice care? So if if I think, well, I may may think I'm interested in this, what's the next step? How do you qualify?
0: Okay. Um, Well, for hospice, anyone can request to be evaluated for hospice. If if somebody out there isn't sure if they meet qualification standards, they can request to be evaluated. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that they uh, meet the criteria to be admitted to hospice, but at least they kind of know Uh where they're at if it's something that they're interested in. So anyone can request it. Now, to be admitted to hospice, the medical director has to be able to certify based on all the medical information Mm -hmm. that's available, um, and, and in conjunction with, um, their patient's primary care provider, their physicians, um, that there is a prognosis of six months or less okay. of life expectancy.
1: Okay. And so, who is best suited, uh, for hospice care? So, if you could describe maybe an ideal candidate.
0: Um, I'll, I'm not going to say there's really an ideal candidate, but there is somebody, there are different types of candidates. Okay. Um, okay. Everybody is unique. Okay. Everyone is unique. We might have someone that has had um, a stroke in the past and they're quite debilitated because of that and that they've just over the years, this may have happened three years ago mm-hmm. and they've just become weaker and weaker and then they're having difficulty swallowing and so they're losing weight. That's, that's, that's a type of candidate. Then we could have a candidate that has coronary artery disease. And they're no longer, um, they are no longer eligible. I'm not gonna say eligible. They're no longer good candidates for aggressive therapy. Mm -hmm. And they've declined despite that. They would be good candidates. Um, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, somebody Mm -hmm. that's been having repeat hospitalizations and there is no cure for what they have and they've reached end stage, that's another candidate that we would often have on hospice.
1: Okay. And I know that uh, I think younger people might be a little more aggressive in taking control of their medical care. Uh, I think, now this is just a, a, ter- a maybe not a very good generalization, but I, I think it's pretty true. It is in my mom's case. They kind of wait for their doctor to suggest something. They, they kind of lean on their doctor. Is that a good idea? Or should you request it on your own?
0: Just bring up the topic with your physician. Okay. Hey, how do you feel about hospice? And um, in particular, how do you feel about hospice with my diagnosis or my disease process?
1: Okay. All right. So, so just. um, uh, just Sorry to interrupt.
0: Some physicians, some physicians are kind of um, stand back and they don't bring it up because they're afraid of what the that what their patients are going to think about that. So, in some ways, you're actually taking the burden off your physician by just saying, "Hey, how do you feel about that for me
1: You know, I went to a very specialized program at kcpt channel nineteen it's It's been a couple of years ago, uh, but some of the physicians actually said that, and it was around a documentary uh, and uh, but some of the physicians in the documentary actually sa- actually said something to that effect of you know i was i was Concerned that if I brought up hospice, that they thought I was giving up on them, and I am not giving up on them, but I didn't want it to appear that way. So I was, but I was really concerned about bringing up hospice. And so it's almost this taboo where I think we have to break through that. That is correct. And I, with,
0: um, with healthcare where it had been going, yeah. uh, that was part of, um, the Affordable Care Act or some new codes to where physicians, can be reimbursed for bringing up end of life discussions
1: so so they can actually build that into their into their visit and actually be reimbursed as an educational type of a consultation Absolutely. that is a great idea so all right excellent well when is the best time to start hospice care the best time to start
0: hospice care is when a person has a prognosis of six months or less. Okay. A life expectancy of six months or less, and they are no longer seeking uh, what we call curative measures, and that's the perfect time.
1: So, so you you said I'm done with the chemotherapy. I want to maximize my quality of life, and you have a prognosis of six months or less. Don't wait till the last minute, which. I have to say, we were guilty of that, actually. Um, I didn't even think about it, right? We were, we were, doing, we were taking all these measures, trying to do all these things on our own. So, uh, uh, and then I have so many more questions. I can't believe the first segment is already over with. If you want to reach out to Crossroads Hospice, give them a call, 816-333. 9200 Crossroads Hospice, 816-333-9200. Hospice is a specialized type of care that can be delivered to you wherever you live. I'm speaking with Dr. Smith, Medical Director of Crossroads Hospice, today on the program. And right after the break, we're going to get into a lot of other excellent information. I think you're going to love it. You'll find it very interesting and very, very helpful. So, uh, Dr. Smith, after the break, we'll continue our conversation. Absolutely. All right, now for the Senior Care Live question of the week. Medicare will pay for hourly care in your home to help you with your activities of daily living. Is this statement true or false? So here it is one more time. Medicare will pay for hourly care in your home to help you with your activities of daily living. Is this statement true or false? The answer right after the break. Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information about this program and how we can help you and your family, call our toll-free number anytime, 1-800-331-6445. Again, that's 1-800-331-6445. And don't forget, you can stream this program live to any electronic device. Just go to SeniorCareLive.com, click on the Listen Live button, and it will stream to your phone, your tablet, your computer, whatever you have. It is really that simple. All right, back to the Senior Care Live question of the week. Medicare will pay for hourly care in your home to help you with your activities of daily living. Is this statement true or false? And the answer is... False. It is false. Medicare will provide Medicare-certified home health services like skilled nursing, physical therapy, occupational therapy, speech therapy in your home as ordered by a physician. They will not pay for your long-term ongoing hourly care helping you with your activities of daily living. All right, back to my special guest today, Dr. Smith, medical director with Crossroads Hospice. And look, if this is resonating with you, if you're not sure if you may qualify or not, find out. Just make a phone call, 816-333-9200. That's Crossroads Hospice, 816-333-9200. And Dr. Smith... I know that's an 816 number. Is that only for Missouri, or do you cover the Kansas side? Tell us about your coverage area here in the Kansas City metro.
0: Well, Steve, we have on the Missouri side, we have 16 counties that we actually service. Um, Down south, um, as far as in the Adrian, Missouri area, we go up Uh through St. Joseph. We head east um, as far as um, Sedalia um, we're up in the Carrollton area, mm-hmm. Cameron, down to Clinton Lake. On the Kansas side, there is a Crossroads Hospice. It has a different phone number though it's crossroads hospice of kansas
1: okay all right and if they call the 816 number can they be transferred over to kansas or or you you get that number okay all right so uh so you cover the entire metro area very extensive uh in the on the missouri side of things you also cover the kansas side in the kansas city metro that's crossroads hospice just call the main number 816- 3339200 and they will hook you up even if it's on the Kansas side. Absolutely. So, all right. So, we were talking uh, off mic here for a minute. Uh so what is the So, y- you can qualify at 6 months prognosis or or less. Uh what is the average length of care provided by by hospice?
0: The average length of stay in hospice programs is unfortunately less than 30 days.
1: Less than a month. Correct. Yeah. And, and, and again, I, I have to admit, I have to swallow my pride on this one and fall on my own sword with my own dad. We were a little bit less than a month. Uh, and, and I, after I saw the phenomenal service, they, they lived in Lawrence at the time and how much they were able to do for our family as well as for my dad. Um, I'm, I was kicking myself wishing we would have called hospice months, months, months earlier. So, uh, so folks don't wait till the last minute like, like we did. Call Crossroads Hospice. Even if you're not sure if you qualify, give them a call. Nine Excuse me. Eight one six, three three three, ninety two hundred. All right, Doctor Smith. Who? How does hospice care paid for? Who who pays for hospice care?
0: Hospice is a benefit um, with CMS. If you are on Medicare, hospice is a benefit that Medicare will pay for. It replaces the um, the hospital benefit um, when a person does elect hospice. Okay. Now, if somebody is younger and is not on Medicare mm-hmm. and they do have private insurance, most private insurances do cover hospice care also.
1: Okay. All right. Yep. And, uh, and that makes a lot of sense. So, so, and, and again, so we're, we're just, re- we're removing barriers. All right. So if you're concerned, uh, about how to pay for, for hospice care, don't be worried about that. This is fully covered under Medicare as a major Medicare benefit uh eight one six three 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 ninety two hundred is the number to crossroads hospice uh so uh, doctor and and the person i I mentioned right at the first of the of the program uh he was talking about you know well she may have to go she may have to uh, uh be sent to hospice and, and so let me ask the question and, and you can answer it uh better night uh, better than i can but is is hospice a place?
0: Hospice is not a place, it's a philosophy of care.
1: Okay, so it's a type of care and a philosophy of care. It's
0: a philosophy of care that can be provided to a person in their home, in the nursing facility, in a long-term care facility that's not skilled, such as an assisted living facility. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It can be provided in a hospital if it's something that we need to have somebody admitted for um, better symptom management. Okay. It, it there are some places that have what we call hospice houses mm-hmm. and these are places that somebody can go if their life expectancy is usually about a week
1: okay that's just yeah i've always heard of that just a, a few days i mean just very very short term yes
0: yes very short term
1: okay all right but i would i would have to think the vast majority of hospice care is delivered not in that setting but in in your home your apartment your assisted living facility or the nursing homes correct Okay. All right. So, so hospice can be a place, but the majority of the time, you know, hospice is a philosophy of care, a type of care, an additional layer of service that can be delivered, uh, wherever you live. So, all right. So uh, doctor, I can't believe we're running out of time. I just wanted to ask you uh, just briefly, uh, w- what makes Crossroads hospice different from uh, other hospice providers?
0: Well, we do have a, we do have a saying with Crossroads. We expect more of ourselves. And so when it comes to hospice and hospice regulations, there is a bottom line of things you must provide. Sure. We expect to exceed that. Okay. And how we do that, we have different programs called, one of them is the gift of a day. Mm-hmm. Um, this is I
1: love that one, by the way.
0: <laughs> with the gift of a day, we have every one of our patients that we ask them, you know, if you only had one day left to live, what would it be like? Mm. And then we try to design a perfect day for them. And make it happen.
1: You know, how, ha- I follow all your stories, by the way, uh, on Facebook and everything else. And, and I'm, I'm just blown away. Uh, it wasn't too long ago. There was a gentleman and he was a fighter pilot. He, 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 and he was a, a pilot commercially as well, I believe. But he wanted to fly an airplane again. Uh, so, it, uh, you made it happen to where he could actually go up in a plane and, and, and take a, take a, take a flight. And that was, that was quite a gift, and he he said, if I remember correctly, correct me if I'm wrong, but he, he said, hey, I forgot all about all this medical stuff. I forgot that you know I I'm a I'm I'm a cancer patient, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. That was the funnest time I've had maybe ever.
0: That's awesome. Those yeah. are stories that that's what we're about. We want people to not have to think about their disease. We want them to enjoy life.
1: That's fantastic, and you said that you had kind of a memory of a gift of the day.
0: Yes, we have on some of our patients who are maybe not medically um, stable enough to go without a, a medical person, uh-huh. um, I offered to go. This lady, uh, she wanted to go see Engelbert Humperdinck, who was in town, Okay, and yeah. so we did. We went, yeah. and it was amazing. She thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, we'd look around at her, and she would be dancing in her seat, uh-huh. and that's um, fantastic. She did not realize that afterwards that um, she was going to get to meet him.
1: Oh, I'll be darn! And wow. so she did.
0: She got to go backstage and have her photos taken with him, and it was it was amazing for
1: her. That was a gift of a day. Crossroads Hospice, reach out to Crossroads Hospice eight one six three 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 ninety two hundred. That was just. Uh, those are just a couple of stories. This is, these are just some of the reasons why you should reach out to Crossroads Hospice. Dr. Smith, thanks so much for being here today. I really, really appreciate you being here and all the great work you're doing with Crossroads Hospice. It
0: was my pleasure. Thank you for having
1: me. All right, we'll have more right after the break. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, call now, toll-free, Operators are standing by. 1-800-331-6445. I'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information about this program and how we can help you and your family, call our toll-free number anytime. That's 1-800-331-6445. Again, 1-800-331-6445. And don't forget, if you ever miss an episode of the program and you want to go back after the fact, no worries at all. Go to SeniorCareLive.com. Click on the Podcast tab. And there you will find all of the previously aired episodes, uh, usually about the middle of the week following uh, that Saturday. You'll see the most recent one, but they're all there. Feel free. You can just click on the play, uh, that little play, uh, play button, and you are in. It is really that simple, and we have hundreds of people every month listening to podcasts. So feel free and uh, help yourself. All right, so for the rest of the program, I want to talk about the different levels of care offered at the senior care community. So if you're moving from your home to a place, whether that's independent living, assisted living, nursing home care, uh, Home Plus, Residential care facilities or all of the above in a continuing care retirement community. We're going to be talking about that. And so, and the reason I want to focus on this for the rest of the program is because you've heard me say several times before, the peak demand for all senior care communities is right about now. It's just getting ready to start. So about the second week of January. So for throughout the rest of the month of January and then through The month of February, that is the peak demand. So let's talk about what you need to determine before your search. You need to know what, all right. So you need to know this before you look. And if you haven't done this, don't just go out and shotgun this thing because you're going to be wasting tons and tons of time. You need to know what level of care is right for your needs. What type of care is right for your needs? The payment methods. How are you going to pay for this? It's all very expensive. Do you have a plan and what will it really pay for? You need to understand the location preferences and then any personal preferences and needs that need to be addressed. You have to have all of that defined and identified and down in stone before looking for the care communities. Right. And this is what we help at senior care consulting. This is what we help families and our clients do every single day. We help them with that that we call that a care profile. All right. So that's, that's what we help people do. So I'm going to stop. I wish I, wish Mark, when can we be on TV? We, we need television cameras in here because I have some graphics I, I want to share. <laughs> so when I, I make a lot of presentations to a lot of groups and these graphics really help. So I'm going to try to make this clear to understand, uh, in, in over the radio. So on the left side, we have independent living that is the least restrictive uh type of senior care community you are fully independent you're you're on your own you're not alone you're around a lot of other people but you're fully independent and it is an apartment with some meals available there's some transportation available uh, but but there's no they do not provide care okay and so on the other side Of the spectrum, the the most restrictive level of care would be at the nursing home. Now, the industry does not like that term. I still use it because, frankly, most people understand that is a nursing home, but we want to say long-term care community, nursing center, skilled nursing and rehab center, but it's the nursing home level. It's the most restrictive level of care. It's a full medical model that will help you with your activities of daily living plus full medical care. So we have this wide, wide area in the center of independent living on one side. We have nursing home on the other side. That center space is primarily taken up by what's called assisted living. Now, assisted living, you may be interested to know, it's not it's not a medical model. Okay, But they do a lot for you. It's more of a social model where they are there to help you with your activities of daily living. So they can help you minimally or fully with your bathing, dressing, grooming. They prepare all of your meals, snacks, and hydration. They do your housekeeping. They do your laundry. There's a full slate of activities. They provide transportation. Uh, I mean, they do a lot for you, and the whole point of that is to help you remain as independent, as possible for as long as possible. The one medical area that they do provide, a medical area of support would be they distribute your medications, and that's a critical, critical piece of quality senior care. You have to have your medications, and you have to have them on time and in the right dose and the right amount. So they do do that. Now, just as soon as I say that, I have to give you a little bit of a footnote, a little bit of an asterisk. All right, so some of these places will now provide insulin injections for uh, for a, a diabetic resident. All right, so if you need help with insulin injections, some places, most do not do that. Some places are now staffing to where they can help you with some of these Little heavier medical needs of checking your blood sugar and then giving you that sliding scale insulin or whatever uh, whatever program you're on they can give you your insulin injections, and so but the vast majority of them do not do that. So here's the challenge within, with assisted living. Now it's in the middle, so it's always the middle child, right? They're causing some, <laughs> causing some problems there. It is not a standardized model meaning some assisted living facilities are a lot lighter on the care. Some of them will not even help you with your incontinence care. If you need incontinence care, uh, you would have to move uh, out of their assisted living community and to uh, another one or, or to the nursing home. So some of them are very light on the care, then, while others are very heavy on the care, and they'll give you insulin injections. I have uh, one client who He was recovering from a stroke, and his daughter said, you keep my dad out of a nursing home if at all possible. Exhaust all options. So I was able to successfully find, with my firm, Senior Care Consulting, successfully find an assisted living facility that would serve him thickened liquids while he was improving with his swallowing because he was recovering from a stroke. So, uh, And that typically would fall into that medical category, but they were willing to do it. So you have some places that won't help you with even minor incontinence care, some places that will serve you thickened liquids and give you insulin injections, and everything in between. So that's what makes that very, very, very difficult. And then a little lighter... Then assisted living would be residential care facilities, RCF one and RCF two. Well, what is that? Well, it's the residents there are a little higher functioning than your typical assisted living residents. So the staffing is lower and, and it's a little less expensive than assisted living. Then you have a little bit higher than that, the home plus, which is a residential. It's a house that's been converted to take care of four to eight individuals in a, in a house. Right and receive very high staffing levels and and ratios, and they could actually do a little more than your your standard assisted living. But that's a that's a wide uh, area to uh, to to cover there with the assisted living level. Now independent living can cost you twenty six hundred to maybe four thousand dollars a month. And someone just wrecked their car. Please don't wreck your car, <laughs> right? The, the 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 cost is it's amazing. Okay, it's expensive, and and it's usually worth it. Okay, independent living apartments, twenty six hundred to four thousand. Assisted living, you can say right down the middle, five thousand to six thousand dollars in our area. Five thousand to six thousand dollars on average. Yes, you can find an assi- a good quality assisted living facility for less money than that. No, I do it every single day with my firm, Senior Care Consulting, helping families get it right and find the right fit. You can you can go over that. I've priced out assisted living communities at over eight thousand dollars per month, but right down the middle, five thousand to six thousand dollars on the nursing home side of things you usually have. Uh, an option, so you have a semi private bed, which means that you have a roommate okay fifty five hundred to sixty five hundred dollars is right down the middle for for our area. If you want a private room, plan on spending seventy five hundred to ten thousand dollars that 's right down the middle. It could be a little bit less than that. And guess what? It could be a whole lot more than 10,000. I priced one out not that long ago. It was over $13,000 per month for a private room in a nursing home. Okay. Then we have some gray areas and I want, I do want to spend a minute on this. I have lots of our clients call up and say, you know, I was so confused. I went to this independent living. Uh, apartment place, and they said, oh, we can do everything that assisted living can do, and so uh you should just move here into our independent living apartments. And I'm like, nope, 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 time out. If I had sound effects, I would do that screeching like the tires going, Arr! time out. Independent living is absolutely not the same as assisted living. If you've been told that, that's incorrect. But there is a gray area that's a really good fit for a lot of people. So you may be able to move into independent living and then they have an on-site home care provider that can just walk right down the hall and help you with some of your activities of daily living in 15 minute increments. So that's a very cost effective way to get a little bit of help, kind of like assisted living, but not pay the full price of assisted living, but it is not assisted living. Independent living is not licensed by the state to provide any care whatsoever, but it's it's a good fit for some people, okay? That gray area, it's not assisted living. If this is confusing, that's because it is. If it sounds confusing, it is. Call Senior Care Consulting at 913-945-2800 for all of your questions. We offer free consultations. We'll have a whole lot more right after the break. Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information about this program and how we can help you and your family, call our toll-free number anytime. That's 1-800-331-6445. Again, 1-800-331-6445. All right, so I'm back to the back to the definitions of all the different levels of care. I'm breaking that down because we are literally entering the peak demand for all of these senior care communities. Now, let me just reiterate that gray area at the independent living level. A lot of people are told that independent living could be the same as assisted living. What they're talking about is living in your independent living apartment and you're getting home care services delivered to you. That's a good fit for a lot of people but not for everyone. At some point, if you take the cost of your independent living apartment plus the cost of home care, you're going to hit a tipping point where you're going to exceed the average cost of assisted living, which is $5,000, $6,000 per month. You're going to exceed that cost, but you're not getting 24-hour care. And at some point, that mathematically or financially, that does not make sense. So let me fast-forward then to the other gray area, too many clients of, of mine, it was senior care consulting, uh, come in and they say, listen, we were told by the assisted living that they're an age-in-place community and that my mom or my dad could live there for the rest of their time, and now they're discharging us because they say that we exceed their level of care. And so I'm really mad about that because I would have moved if I thought we would have had to have moved. Okay, We wouldn't have chosen that place. So that's another gray area. Okay, I I put that into the category of uh, over-promise, under-deliver. So their intention is to have your loved one age in place. They are an age-in-place community, but sometimes you just can't deliver on that. Sometimes it's just not possible. It's very easy to to exceed the level of care offered by the assisted living community. So... Here's the here's the fact, 59, this is a national statistic, I don't think it's this high in our area, but according to one study, very comprehensive, thorough study, 59% of assisted living residents have to graduate to the nursing home level of care. So that means, right, so 59% of the time that we're an age-in-place community and you never have to move, et cetera, et cetera, that 59% of the time, that statement falls into the category squarely of over-promised, and under-deliver. And then we have memory care. And now, myth versus fact. All right. Memory care is very, very confusing. Memory care is not a level of care. The level of care is assisted living, residential care facility, home plus nursing home. That's the level of care. The type of care is memory care. So, again, I want to uh, we're always myth busting work we're, we're correcting the record here. We deliver you the facts and only the facts on this program. Memory care is not a nursing home level of care automatically. So I have I have too many people that I sp- uh, that I speak with saying, "Oh, well, we're looking at the assisted living level and we talk about, you know, what if you need, you know, this this type of care and this type of care." Oh, oh yeah, we've got that covered. Uh, because they have memory care. And I'm like, okay, oh, that now that you're so, so, and I won't go too much into this because I have so much more to share with you today. But if you're talking to an assisted living facility and they say they have memory care, that's fantastic. It is a higher level of care. But remember, assisted living is still the assisted living level of care. Memory care is a type of care. That can be delivered at different levels of care. Okay. It can be delivered at the assisted living level, at the residential care facility level. It can be delivered at the home plus level of care and it can be delivered at the nursing home level of care. So assisted living with memory care is often misunderstood by the general public to mean that they have a nursing home level of care. But they don't. It is actually memory care at that assisted living level. For more information about the facts, stay tuned to this program or contact Senior Care Consulting at 913-945-2800 or visit SeniorCareConsulting.com. All right. And that's an absolute fact. And I, I just, I have, I hear that. I hear it, I'll bet you at least two or three times a week, at least Okay. So, so, and, and I'm not knocking any of these places. I'm just saying there's a huge misunderstanding by the general public. So memory care is a type of care for someone who has Alzheimer's or one of the many forms of dementia. And it's usually a smaller space within the building. Uh, there are elopement risks and concerns. So there are usually codes on the doors, uh, so that you have to enter a code to enter or, or, most importantly, to leave that space, you can leave the area. You just need to be accompanied. Many times the activities are altered. Uh, instead of playing bingo for an hour, you might play it for 20 minutes. So you have a, more activities, shorter period of time, and more appropriate for someone with cognitive impairment. I, I could go on and on and on and on about uh, what memory care is, but but it is not a place. It's a type of care It's a type of care. It's not the level of care, so don't misunderstand that as being a nursing home, although it can be delivered in a nursing home. Right. So once you have determined your level of care, your type of care, your payment methods, your location, and any personal preferences and needs, then you've gone out, you've done your research, and you've looked at all kinds of facilities. You have lots of salespeople. (laughs) really putting some serious pressure on you to choose them, and that's their job, nothing against them, that is their job, okay, Uh, and you choose a place, then how can you make sure that you receive the most care available? Uh, We offer our strategies on how to maximize your care at any Place that you should choose for our clients that's just part of our service with senior care consulting. We handle all of this for you and your family. We roll out the red carpet and we make a very complex decision-making process very very simple. But if you do this on your own and obviously a lot of people do, you're going to want to visit frequently. There's just there's no substitute for that. Don't take a breath and say, "Oh, okay, now I can let my hair down." Well, your role changes from the care provider to the care manager or the care advocate, so visiting frequently, getting involved with uh, activities there, helping the staff w- with the you know the the valentine's day uh, dance that you're gonna have or the barbecue or Thanksgiving or Christmas dinners all there are lots and lots of activities. just get involved, visit frequently, get to know your caregiver right This is rare most people don't do this and and actually it's a big mistake uh just just be a good person and get to know your caregiver they're taking care they're providing the most intimate care for your 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 mom your dad your grandparent your spouse get to know those folks okay take your concerns to management they cannot fix it unless they know about it so and, and, so the squeaky wheel gets the grease, so to speak. But be reasonable, have realistic expectations, and give them a chance to do their job. And coach them, and manage them, and let them know the personal preferences. And mom's a night owl, dad, uh, you know, dad, dad is an early riser. Uh, all the things that we've talked about on this program before. Uh, just manage the care. Check out resources. Uh, uh, just look at the surveys online. Uh, but g- check out the local marketplace. But here's the bottom line. If you need help with this, call Senior Care Consulting at 913-945-2800 or visit SeniorCareConsulting.com. We can definitely help you out with this. And to everyone listening, I'm honored you spent part of your day listening to this program. Thank you very much. I'm your host, Steve Keeker and I wish you grace and peace. May God bless you and your family on this day and always. I'll see you next week, right here on Senior Care Live. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch.